Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Two Peas on a Pod with your hosts, Zachary Cordell and Austin Griffiths. Good morning. We're glad to be coming to you this morning on another episode. We hope you all are enjoying your week. We pray that everybody is doing well, that hears this and is listening. We're uh, recording today on 9-11 of 2021, um, of course, the 20-year anniversary of the awful attack on our nation, and uh, I don't know when we'll release this episode, but it is 9-11 today, and we wanted to remember back on that and to uh, give honor to all of our fallen heroes and the people who fought um, in the war against terror, against that awful attack on our country. It's hard to believe it's been 20 years ago. Yes, it is. Very hard to believe. We... Uh, we just hired a, a guy in at work, and some of the new ones that are hiring in, uh, I was doing some of their hiring paperwork, and I looked at their birth date. I have to put in their birth date when I do uh, some of the entries there. And the birthday was 2003, or the birth year was in 2003. And so this, the attack on our country happened two years before that boy was ever even born, and he's going into the workforce. Right. And uh, that's that's just hard to believe that it's been that long. Several of the several of our teenagers now, eighteen year olds and seventeen uh, year olds, you know, they wasn't even born when this happened, and uh, that's hard to believe. They're going to read about it, and we, yeah, I mean, we was obviously we wasn't there, but you know, we was, and I'll just say this, and then you can say afterwards. But I remember I was in elementary school in, uh, in Dayton, Ohio, where we lived. And my mom was an elementary school teacher at that school. And uh, I had come in from recess, and my mom called me over to her room. And uh, I was in, like, you know, I can't remember, third or fourth grade at the time. And um, she called me over to her room and told me what happened. And uh, we had went home, and we lived not too far from the Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And there was jets flying all over our house up in the air, and you could just, you know, you see the jet way before yeah. you hear it. And the jet flies, and then a few seconds later you hear it go by. And uh, as a young boy, you know, that, I thought that was something, those jets flying. Yeah. And then you could see it all over the news and just newspapers and everything. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an unbelievable day. I was homeschooled all my life. And I remember sitting, I was doing school that day as well, but was there in the house. And uh, mom got a phone call from a lady in our church, and she said, Sister Bird, turn on the radio. And uh, mom turned on the radio, and we learned about what was happening. And it was, uh, you know, a crazy, crazy time. And uh, I remember going to, like, McDonald's. I remember in particularly going to McDonald's and uh, seeing it for the first time, seeing the attack. Because, um, like I said, we wasn't in public school, and we didn't have no television, so we just, everything that we had heard so far was just hear on the radio or hear people talking. And uh, we went into McDonald's, and it was playing on the TV. And it was just uh, the scenes from there, you know, will never be forgotten in the minds of uh, the American people. And just a terrible tragedy at the hands yes. of evil. Um, but, you know, I was, I'm thankful to live in America 
we all bound together during that time. And uh, it's uh, not uh, maybe everything isn't perfect, but I'm so thankful to be an American and uh, have our freedoms that we still enjoy to this day. So this week we're in revival, and uh, Brother Austin is actually holding us a revival this week. He is our uh, evangelist out of the home church, and he he and Kelly are holding revival this week, and it's been going great so far. So we've enjoyed having them. Yeah, it seems to be going really good, and we definitely appreciate it. I was telling them the other night, I said, just because I'm the pastor's son-in-law does not mean he had to have us for revival. So we appreciate it. We've had a good time. And uh, we parked back here about 100 feet behind the church. And just because he's the pastor's son-in-law don't mean it, but he does have the pastor's grandkids with him. That so. is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Whatever they say, that's what happens. I think all the grandparents can amen on that one. And uh, But we're here, and uh, we felt like we just needed to mention that on 9-11. You about have to. I mean, it's a, it's a very... Sobering thought when you think about it, and it's just unbelievable. And uh, but we're in revival this week. We've had a great time, and um, and so we appreciate that. But we're going to talk for just a few minutes here. Um, our lives have changed um, a little bit, um, not so much with our children and things. I've got. Uh, we already mentioned in our introduction that um, Zach had a new baby born, and I've got one on the way. But our living situations have changed. Um, pretty much at the same time, mm-hmm. pretty much. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I had a, um, a dually truck I had bought from a former evangelist and a fifth wheel together and, uh, and had four children. And uh, diesel trucks don't fit seven people. They only fit six people. And so the truck was completely full, and so we, was, we had to do something before December and went to prayer, went to prayer, went to prayer, and uh, needless to say, long story short, we uh, took off with our fifth wheel last week and dropped it off to the buyer, and the truck is gone, and I finally got me a motorhome and an SUV to pull behind it. And so my situation has changed, and uh, so we're so thankful to the Lord for that, to be able to fit everybody in there, and that's definitely going to be a whole lot different than a truck and fifth wheel. But not only has my living uh, quarters changed and residents changed, but yours changed too. Yes, it did. We uh, we um, had well, I I say have to, but you know people make do with what uh, they have. So my dad always says they was raised up in like a one bedroom house, and he said you don't <laughs> have to do anything. Uh, well, but if you can, you yeah. want to. So I I guess we didn't necessarily have to get a bigger place but uh the lord helped us to get one and uh, allowed us to do that and it definitely fits our uh family's needs a little better um when you have seven people in a household it uh, kind of gets cramped um so now you but, can have 10 kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh it's been good we've we've enjoyed the change and we the biggest part for our kids was moving away from mom and dad we was next yes. door neighbors to them and they could just walk over there anytime uh, they wanted. So that's been the biggest change for them. But it's been good. But anyway, we're going to move into a uh, another section here of the podcast today. We're going to list uh, top five. 
and we may do this from time to time, do a top five um, and pick a category, and today is going to be Adventures in Odyssey. So I know if you all um, probably are very familiar, probably most of, of you are familiar with Adventures in Odyssey, uh, we went several years ago, uh, Mom and Dad, when, I, when we were still living at home, and uh, before Kelly and I, either one, were married, we took a trip to Dallas, Texas, and Adventures in Odyssey was doing a live episode there, and it was their 25th birthday bash for the uh, for the radio show there, the Adventures in Odyssey. And so we went to Dallas, Texas, and we actually got to meet a bunch of the characters on there. And uh, yeah, some of them, some of them might leave you with a bad impression after you see them. <laughs> it's hard to unsee. Uh, some of them don't really fit what you'd think they'd look like. But we got to meet um, Jason Whitaker, which is Townsend Coleman, and Chris, and uh, Katie, whatever her name is. I can't think of her last name I right now. But Connie Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to meet her and the lady who plays Pennywise and Wooten and a bunch of them. And uh, also we got to uh, talk to Dave Arnold, and so that was really cool. Uh, the executive producer there for a lot of years. So it was really neat. And also, it was in a huge church. Um, the The setting was, they, they had it in a great big old like mega church type deal. And there were tons of Pentecostal people there, just all kinds, uh, skirts everywhere you looked. And they even noted that. And they said, why is there so many Pentecostal people here? And uh, they said, well, it's because they don't have televisions, and this is what they do for entertainment. <laughs> and uh, so they was, they was intrigued by that. But anyway, so we're going to list a top five of our adventure in Odyssey episodes. This Austin. is going to change depending on when we do it. We got some, maybe some restaurants and drinks, like pop, pops and things. But today, we just thought one of the closest things that we both really like, and I mean, we're approaching 30 years old, but. Odyssey is not just for children, <laughs> and uh, we listen to it all the time, keep up with it. Right now, as we're speaking, the latest album left us on a cliffhanger, pretty upset about it, can't wait till the next one comes out, And uh, but anyways, we're going to talk about our top five, so I reckon we'll just start number five, Go and uh, I'd say people are going to differ with this, obviously, everybody's different, and uh, so, but and for, I'll probably differ with it later. Oh, yeah. Because but I don't know if for number really five, well, let's just do um, my five and your five. All right. So number five, I'm going to have to go with the long end. That's a very um, recent episode, and if you've not if you've not read it, that's where um, Mr. Buck Oliver um, he gets rid of Mr. Skint and all that's exposed, and uh, that was a very ongoing thing for many many albums, and I really enjoyed listening to that and seeing how that all came about. So that's going to be my number five, I believe. That's a three-part episode. Yeah, I think uh, my number five, I, I wrote down Sunday Morning Scramble. That is a good and, one. And uh, that's one of my, that's always been one of my favorite ones. And that is where the Washingtons are trying to get ready and be on time for Sunday school. And they've all learned their scriptures. And uh, it's just a pretty funny one. And uh, that's because we can most all relate of, to it. Most of mine are probably going to be more lighthearted because <laughs> uh, that's just sort of 
Um, I don't know. I just sort of like those. But I'm probably going to list that as number five for mine, Sunday morning scramble. Yeah, and that was what we would say, um, you know, in all my travels evangelizing, people start at 10 and 6. And I'm like, what time do you start? And they're like, 10. And I said, but really we're holiness, so about 10, 15. Yeah. So that's that definitely. But number four, um, now I'm, it's hard. Uh, this is so hard to go down to an episode, really, because Odyssey has so many albums and so many sagas. And so number four, I'm going to have to go with the Novacom saga. That is not one episode that's like 30 episodes, but you can't just pick one. You have to have them all to have the complete story. But it's so to me, it's so intriguing and interesting, and there's such a long story. It takes so long to me. I thoroughly, I'm not going to be, if I go on a long trip, 10-hour trip or something, I'm, I might listen to it. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is a, uh, it's a series as well, and it is The Green Green Conspiracy. And that's sort of a newer one. Uh, but I really like that one. That one is really interesting. And uh, yes, I is. like the, the characters in that one as well. Well, you mentioned The Green Ring Conspiracy. That's going to be my number three is The Green Ring. That's that's a whole album. That's probably, what, four, four and a half hours of the older albums. And so my thing was um, from Vanceburg to Richlands is about four hours. You can pop The Green Ring Conspiracy in, and when it's over, you're there. And it makes the trip <laughs> seem like it ain't very long. And so that's going to be my number three. For my number three, I put down Sergeant York. And uh, Sergeant York, that's a that's a really good episode, and plus it's based on a true story. And uh, I, I think that is just a, a really neat one to get to listen to in a dramatized version, the story of Sergeant York. Uh, he was a great man, and uh, his story is really interesting. Yes, that is, a, that is a good one. But number two, I just finished this, actually. I mean, I just finished it uh, a few days ago. Um, but I've been listening to the Blackguard Chronicles. And again, that's 25, 30 episodes, but you can't, to me, um, I guess maybe I could have really put it down to one episode but instead of Chronicles. But to me, that's probably my second favorite thing to listen to. I've listened to it, I don't know how many times in my life, um, but it's just so interesting. It's not like hard. I mean, it's not like a real funny thing. I mean, there's a villain and all that, but it just captures my attention, so I really enjoy it. My number two would be For Better or For Worse, and that's a two-part series, and that is where Eugene and Katrina um, are getting married uh, in front of her, having their ceremony. They've, they've already gotten married, but they went around their family and friends. So they're having their ceremony, and uh, they get stuck on top of the mountain, and they're in that convertible, and the tire goes flat. And Eugene says, uh, the tire's not all the way flat, only the bottom. <laughs> and uh, that's one of my favorite episodes. So that's that's my number two. And coming in at number one, number one. is going to be my favorite thing. And that's the, that's the title of the episode. And that is where um, the Washingtons, was it? Yeah, the Washingtons were going out to dinner. And uh, they was taking their mom out to dinner and Bart... And Doris Rathbone join them in the restaurant. Oh yeah! And uh, Doris Rathbone orders, um, she'll just, or no, it was Bart Rathbone. He yeah. said, "We'll just have some butter." Yeah. And uh, we we went to uh, a restaurant one time that was uh, pretty nice, 
and my mom got to look in at the menu, and she seen the prices, and she said, I'll just have some butter. And uh, <laughs> she didn't really order that, but, you know, we've referred back to that episode many times. And that's just one, that's one of my all-time favorite episodes. Yeah, that is a good one, trying to get him to pay for the meal, and that's, that's a very good one. But my number one has always been my number one ever since I first heard it. It's a very old episode, and that is the Underground Railroad. And I know it seems yeah, like my, my episodes are very serious. But I think the Underground Railroad not only is an amazing story, but it you know reflects the hardship of what was going on. But to me, the Underground Railroad was one of Odyssey's best productions when you listen to the actors and the sounds and the effects. It was just, to me, just flawless. And I can listen to the Underground Railroad. I just listened to it the other day. A three-part episode. I can listen to it and almost quote the entire thing word for word why they're saying it because I've heard it so many times. So to me, myself, my opinion, that's, that's going to be my number one. Yeah, that that is a really good episode. And uh, I always think of Brother Bobby Roper whenever people talk about that episode or when I hear it because uh, he, I don't know, I'm sure several people listening to this will remember Brother Bobby. He was just a great man. And uh, this episode always tore him up. And he was, uh, so I, every time I think of that episode almost, I think of him about that. But that that's a good episode. And I refer, well. I refer back to that episode quite a bit. I can't remember if it, I guess it would be part one. and uh, But it might be part two. But I think it's part one where William says, but I get so mad sometimes. I, I say that sometimes. I refer back to that because uh, it's that's a good one, but this leads us into and we've got to get going, and uh, what we are we've got uh, a four segment schedule, and uh, we're trying to stay true to it, and so we got two more to go, and and we'll be done with this episode. But we'd like to move on to another one, and uh, my brother in law started this little thing in his Sunday school class, and I thought it would be great for the podcast, but it's titled, Is That Really in the Bible? Yeah, so I'd, I'd actually seen somebody else do this, and uh, I just thought it was really neat, and um, I teach the teenage Sunday school class here at church, and so I try to keep stuff that keeps them... Um, Awake? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, interested, and so i I done several of these um, in one Sunday, but... Today we're just going to do one, but is that really in the Bible? And, and pretty much just taking quotes um, that a lot of people just sort of take for granted that it's in the Bible. And the one that I'm going to do today, I know probably not a lot of people, maybe, I don't know, maybe a lot of people won't think it's in the Bible, but you'd be surprised at how many people do think this that this is in the Bible. And uh, several of them did here in the church, they thought it was in the Bible. Um, but the the phrase today is, God helps those who help themselves. Is that really in the Bible? No, that is not in the Bible. Uh, it's another very mistaken uh, quote. Uh, people take it as a Bible quote. And one source that I, I read online said that one in eight Americans believe that that quote is in the Bible. Uh, so a lot of people think that that's in the Bible. But this saying actually, and you can you can research this for yourself, um, I found most of this stuff just like on Wikipedia. But this this saying is actually from Aesop's Fables, and I've heard of Aesop's Fables before, I guess maybe from school or, or wherever, but um, that did ring a bell. 
But Aesop lived um, back way, way uh, in B.C., and uh, he was a Greek fabulist and a storyteller, and he wrote a number of fables, and they, they collected them together. And he wrote this story, and this is where this saying comes from. And it says, a wagoneer was once driving a hit, like I said, you can, you can look this up online. That's where I got this story from um, Wikipedia. A wagoneer was once driving a heavy load along a very muddy way. At last, he came to a part of the road where the wheels sank halfway into the mire, and the more the horses pulled, the deeper sank the wheels. So the wagoneer threw down his whip and knelt down and prayed to Hercules the Strong, not to God, but to Hercules the Strong. Oh, Hercules, help me in this my hour of distress, quoth he. But Hercules appeared to him and said, Tut, man, don't sprawl there. Get up and put your shoulder to the wheel. The gods, plural, the gods help those who help themselves. So this quote is not a Bible quote, and it's not even a Christian quote. It originated uh, about the gods, plural, with a little g, And so this is nowhere in the Bible. And really, the Bible teaches almost the opposite of this a lot of the times. Uh, I know it teaches some that that you do have to do your part. And I know, like God told told him to roll the stone away from Lazarus. And uh, there are times when God expects us to do our part. Joshua and the children of Israel had to march around the wall. Uh, I I know that. But for a big part of it, um, the Bible teaches the opposite and teaches that God helps those who cannot help themselves because we were all helpless, especially with salvation. None of us would have been able to be saved, and we couldn't have done anything on our own. Um, And also, other places teach that as well, that God helps those who cannot help themselves. One place uh, that I wanted to mention was in 2 Samuel, whenever um, Shimei come out to throw the stones at David, he come out and he was throwing stones and he was cursing David. And Abishai there, he, he looked at David. He said, why should this man uh, curse thee? He said, he said, let me go over and take off his head. I mean, these were rough people. Uh, they, they didn't mess around. He said, let me go take off his head. And David told Abishai, he said, no, don't do that. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. So really, in the Bible, a lot of the times, uh, it teaches that God helps those who cannot help themselves. My dad preaches a message a lot of times on, uh, or has preached it um, throughout the years, on the advantage of a handicap, and talks about how God comes to the aid and to the rescue of those who are in need and cannot do it on their own. That is correct. And that was a good segment there. And uh, that'll lead us into, we need to get going. We got about five minutes or so left, and uh, we want to jump into the last segment. And uh, the last segment, we're just going to do just uh, just uh, the scripture of the day and talk about it for a minute or two. And uh, that scripture of the day is in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And uh, Paul writing says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And uh, this scripture, I, I've preached this many, many times um, around um, for the last um, several years. And it's so, uh, you know, it's so relevant um, to today's hour. And it feels like that the enemy 
has came in just mind battles. Seems like it's one of the biggest things, especially for young people. Yes, it is. Seems like young people are battling depression. I'm not good enough. I can't be saved. I've done too much. And, you know, the Bible teaches us that the unforgivable sin is the blaspheming of the Holy Ghost. But you can't do that on accident. You've got to want to do that. And so the enemy's going to try to tell you you've blasphemed. He's pretty much told everybody that. Right. And uh, people believe it. And uh, and so, anyways, I remember my, my pastor, which is Zach's dad, but he said many times that he battled some things. And uh, he said that... Uh, the, the Lord had spoken church one night and said, um, Kurt, he said, the enemy tells you things and you believe it. And uh, he said he'd quit battling that no more. And so that's exactly what happens. He tells us things and we believe it. And, uh, and so this is one thing that I found even in my evangelism. Um, it's, it's a topic that I preach, I tackle very often. It's something I see very often. Well, the, the day and hour that we're living in um, with COVID and all that. Exactly. Um, the separation, I think, has really took a toll, and I know we're uh, we're not um, sitting in our homes anymore, and uh, a lot of us are back to work, but still, some some are, and especially if you uh, have the virus, you're definitely quarantined for at least what is it, ten days, I guess. Um, and I think that is that's really took a toll on our minds as a as a whole. The mind battle already. Yes, it has. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm just thinking about this scripture and my mind goes back to when I was a teenager and I'd say a lot of people can relate to this and I'm going to try to hurry here and uh, we don't want to have a long, long podcast and uh, try to make it more like a church service, like time, as far as time is. And, uh, but I remember being back as a teenager, uh, my dad was actually overseas and uh, he was a Marine and he was actually in Iraq um, serving our country because of 9-11 and that we'd mentioned earlier in the podcast. And so I was already dealing with depression um, with that already. I was uh, about 13 years old, and my father was, you know, on the other side of the world, and I wasn't going to see him for a year. And so I was already battling um, depression from that, and I had a lot of focusing problems. I'm, anybody that knows me, I'm, I'm very talkative, sociable. Um, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm pretty... Usually not low energy, I guess you could say, and uh, I always I'm not at a loss for words. I've I've been accused of that many times, and so I guess preaching was a good thing. But uh, and so in school I had trouble focusing. Teachers always say I wanted to talk. I was a class clown. I was this. I was that. And so when I was young, they would always email my mom saying he needs to focus. You need to get on to him. You need to do this and that. And so mom took me to the doctor, and they diagnosed me with ADHD. And told me that, you know, I had trouble focusing. I just couldn't do it. And, you know, kind of like, you know, going down the road and squirrel. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that's kind of me. And I still kind of have trouble with that a little bit. But I'm getting older and it's it's calming down. But, uh, but anyway, so they gave me this big, humongous red pill. It was so big you could barely swallow the thing. I called it the horse pill. It was humongous. And uh, pills are already not fun anyways. And uh, but it started focus. It started making me focus. They quit talking to mom. But the thing is, it took it took my entire personality. And so I went from Austin, as everybody knows, as he can talk, he's sociable, you know, stuff like that. And it just stripped my personality. Mm-hmm. I became quiet. 
Um, I, I even talked to my mom a while a while back about it. I became quiet. I began to get even more depressed. I would tell my mom things like, I wish I didn't even have to live tomorrow. I wish there was a way to take my life. We didn't have guns in the house or anything. And it was a good thing at that time. And uh, so I was dealing with that. I can't remember how long a time it was. And my mom finally made the decision. She said, you know what? He might not focus. He's got problems going on. But I'd rather have my son back than yeah. deal with all that. And so, you know, I can say you know, there's a lot of people that take medication, but really, honestly, biblically, you don't have to. You can, you can go to an altar, in, whether at church or home, and you can get that prayed through, and you don't have to deal with fear and depression. And I, I'm not going to deal with this for very long, but it, it's real. It really is real, and it takes a toll on people. Yes, it, is. it is very real, and it strips people of their prayer life and their victory. And everything, and uh, I want to wrap this up because we need to end this. But I want to talk about uh, my wife, and uh, real quick, and we'll try to end this very quickly in the next two or three minutes. And uh, Zach can really interject here because he he's seen it more than I did. But my wife was a pastor's daughter, still is, and pastor's daughter for most of her life, and she suffered from depression, fear, anxiety, is is as bad as anybody. Yeah, she, uh, in her teenage years mainly, and uh, the devil just fought her mind a lot, just fought with a lot of mind battles. And uh, it was um, it was a hard thing, you know, especially for her. And I remember one time we was on our way to camp meeting, and it was several-hour drive. It was about a six- or seven-hour drive. And we had some of our youth group with us, and... We was sitting in the back of the van, and I was sitting right next to her, and she was she just shook the whole time, just her knee, you know, her foot going, and just like a just nervous, and uh, it was just the devil just tormenting her mind, and I thought if we can get to camp meeting, I think she can get some help, and that's what I thought the whole way there, because she's about to drive me crazy along with it, because it's just uh, it was just you know a long ride. And uh, I remember we did get to camp meeting that night. And she didn't get total deliverance then, but she got a lot of help. And uh, we got to camp meeting. And on that first night, we got to our hotel and got ready for church and went to camp meeting that night. And uh, Brother Neil Bridges was preaching. And he didn't know us. We didn't know him. I mean, we knew who he was, obviously. You know, most people uh, do in the holiness movement. (laughs) uh, But he didn't know us. And uh, we didn't have, you know, like a, a personal relationship or nothing. We didn't know him one-on-one. But he got to preaching that night, and at altar call, he called Kelly out. And uh, the Lord used him to speak to her that night. And uh, she went up. He called her up to the front and prayed for her and uh, told her some things. And the Lord really helped her that night. And uh, she gained a lot of strength. And like I said, she didn't get total uh, victory over it. It still come back some. And uh, she she... Battled that for a little bit, but I remember she got a lot of help that night, and uh, it uh, it pays to be around good men of God. Yes, it does. That are praying. Uh, that brings that brings a lot of victory right that there. That can open up a whole segment right there. Yes, but um, you know she could say a lot of different things, and and I'm saying this with her permission because she's testified about it in church. I've preached about it many many times um, around around the country, and uh, and so. It's, we're going to try to end this segment here. Um, but as we got married, she still dealt with that. 
while, when we was married. And uh, it was something I didn't really know um, that she had really dealt with. And it was to the point that we didn't have any children. Um, we've been married about eight and a half years now and uh, going on. And we didn't have any children. Kate, we've got our fifth one on the way. Um, but Kaylee, we was married about two and a half years before Kaylee was born. And, uh, and so in that time, we had, a, we had a house that a young couple in our church lives in now. We sold to them. Um, when we went to evangelize, but there was a sunroom in the back of that house, and my wife just loved it, and uh, I ended up taking it over as an office later on, um, but it had big windows and overlooked the yard, and she went in there, and she just made up in her mind that I am sick and tired of living this way, and she walked in there, she walked in there with fear, anxiety, depression, and walked out with a new life, and uh, she's often testified that the grass, she didn't know the grass was that green. She didn't yeah. know the sky was that blue, and she didn't know the birds sang like that. And, uh, and so that's an awesome testimony that we don't have to live that way. If we truly want it in our hearts to not live that way and to be delivered, we can. And that was her testimony. And now that's been, you know, seven years later at least, and she, I've never known her to battle that. Yeah. I've never known her to even deal with it. And she is so different now as far as she was super shy and things, and she's come out of her shell a lot. And uh, it's just it's it's just amazing what God did right there. Yeah, she she got up and testified about that one night about how she got tired of living that way, and uh, decided to just she said I'm going to have to pray it through. And uh, Sister Ruth Brim wrote that song um, for youth conference that one year, and we sang it there in the mass choir. Um, it said that I went down weeping, crying in a pray, and, and came up shouting in the old time way. And uh, Kelly got up and testified about that in church one night because we had sung that song after after fire conference. We come back and sung it here with our choir. And uh, she testified, and she said, that was me. And she said, I got tired of living that way. She said, I went down weeping, crying, and praying. And she said, but I got up shouting. And uh, the Lord done just a miraculous work in her life and changed her forever. And God can do that. And that is the will of God. Yes, it is. It's the will of God. It's not his will for his children to walk around in defeat. Even though there are problems and we're not uh, charismatics and we know everything ain't always uh, going to be great and going to be good and life ain't always going to be grand, but you can have the joy of the Lord and it is God's will to give you that. Well, I've had a lot of fun in uh, our first episode and uh, we might try to tailor some things a little bit here and there first time doing it and uh but i've had a lot of fun and uh this is two peas in a pod or on a pod two peas on a pod on a pod <laughs> but anyways two peas on a pod we'll get it right eventually and uh we hope you enjoyed it we hope you listen and tell somebody about it and we will see you later i don't want to live up on the edge i'd rather live where the bible